You're listening to The Bunker New York, live on RBMA Radio. Hello, you're listening to The Bunker New York on RBMA Radio. Uh, We are live from Detroit this week. I'm your host, Brian Kasnick, tonight joined by very special guests, the Bunker resident DJ Mike Servito, who somehow has not been on our show yet. We had to come all the way to Detroit to make this happen because he's traveling so much. Busy, busy guy. And then on the second half of the show, we have Jeffrey Sapphire joining us. Uh, We're going to do DJ sets and then some interviews. So for the next 40 minutes or so, we're going to be in the mix with Mike Servito. So enjoy that. Again, you're listening to The Bunker New York on RBMA Radio from Detroit.
Hello, you're listening to The Bunker New York on RBMA Radio. Uh, we were in the mix with Mike Servito for the first 45 minutes of the show, uninterrupted. Some pretty serious hot mixing going on for Mike to fit everything in there that he wanted to fit in. Uh, what is the track we're listening to right now? This is... Um got the blanking it's uh transmat it's <laughs> derek may um oh my god i'm blanking on the track help me out sapphire sapphire <laughs> it's not nude there. photo no it's sinister. not what sinister? oh it's sinister duh sinister. god I, I mean and i saw you had something from the you played from shake earlier club i played a scu- uh, club scam record on Oh man, you're putting me on the spot. Not even. Yeah, um, <laughs> you could just say uh huh. A KMS affiliated <laughs> label called Serious Groove. Yeah, and um, you know that's that actually the flip side of that is amazing because, like honestly, like Shake, his like sampling techniques. I mean, that's you know, the B fifty two. The B fifty twos, and uh, I is kind of. I mean, he's a pioneer um, in in regards to sampling weird you know just random music and putting it uh to use in a different format a different i mean i heard that record so differently and it it didn't register what it was right away when i first heard it back in like 92 so to that that power of sampling for me is like i love it it messes with your head yeah so that always i always gravitated uh gravitated towards those kinds of records like the sampling stuff i love how long have you been collecting records um I mean, honestly, probably since I was like 13, like as far as like dance music, like proper like techno and house. I think I was 13. I I bought a I bought a record because there was a a Kevin Saunderson remix and an Adonis remix, and the cover looked really cool. And it was <laughs> it was the Wee Papa Girl rappers, and um, you know, obviously the Kevin Saunderson mix is insanely influential as far as acid house goes, and it was. Uh, just one of those records that kind of bridged the gap between Detroit and Chicago. And I, I'm obsessed with it still, actually. Yeah. I mean, you still play a lot of really old records yeah. in your sets. And a lot of new records that try sound to, like old records. Try to mix it up. Old records that sound like new records. Um, and a lot of times, it's hard to figure out what's going on yeah. in a really good way, in the best possible way. I think that's the whole... Um, the whole fun of it is kind of making making techno and making house timeless by bridging all these genres and not genres but all these um, eras of of dance music. It's kind of my thing. That's yeah, what I, that's what I like blurring that line. Um, so you're in town to play a few gigs. A couple. This extended a weekend. Couple. <laughs> Got to make sure we shout out the gigs. Yeah. I, so I'm this is going to take a while. Let's start from the top. God, on the spot. <laughs> um, I play at Whiskey Disco tonight for um, an old friend um, that I've known for a while, um, Detroit Days, um, Vinny. Yeah. And I see playing you. for AOD. People are people are people are getting to town already. Yeah, we've got, we've got Volvox in the studio and Seva and the the New York the New York kids New, are coming New York, in. New York's showing up early. Yeah, it used to be everybody showed up Saturday, then Friday. It seems like I think people want to come. They want to ease into it, you know. Yeah, come on Thursday. So, um, okay, so Friday night. Moving on to Friday night, you're doing the uh, I, Smart Bar and Resident Advisor party. Correct. At, at what is is it called tv bar or tv it's lounge 
TV Bar Lounge. <laughs> TV Bar Lounge. They have a lot of TVs there. Yeah, they do. Um, and then Saturday during the day, you're playing. Saturday, me and my my buddy, my bunker buddy, um, who Derek I'm lo- I'm looking, at, looking at right now through the window. Is he creeping on the behind me? He's not creeping. But I can <laughs> see him. <laughs> um, these mirrors are, or these windows are really funny because they kind of look like two-way mirrors. Yeah, but they're not. I know. Yeah, you're wondering if they can see you or not. (laughs) So you and Derek are doing a brief hour long. A little teaser. Yep. Um, We've we've had a really good time in the past year playing these back-to-back sets and completely on the fly, um, spontaneous and very energetic and fun. I just, I don't know. I I really, there's very few people I can play with just like in that format and just kind of just jump in and do it. And Derek is, you know obviously like at the top of that list well i think me. it's it's but it's really interesting for how long you guys have been friends and yeah. playing the same parties and residents at the same party but we didn't start doing the the sets together until what last Which, year the yeah. panther room i mean maybe maybe a little over a year now was it yeah, i think I the panther i can't remember when it was but i think the panther room was the first one and it was kind of off the cuff and then we did the trans picos one in new york right. with you guys playing all night and then there's been la there was the Paranoid London party at Good Room. Which was amazing. And then, of course, pretty unforgettable set this February in Panorama Bar, which, yeah. I mean, I'm not a Panorama Bar regular not living in Berlin, but that's that's the craziest I've ever seen that room. I that mean, was insane. Having played there a few times, um, it definitely... It definitely was on a whole other level <laughs> as far as like the anticipation and um, the crowd reaction and you know getting that shutter open a few times is nice. How many shutters did you guys get? Uh, maybe I don't know three. It's pretty good. <laughs> the stamp pretty of good. A, the official stamp of the unofficial stamp it's, of approval. Yeah, I, I mean it's know. it's one of the most nerve wracking things about playing there. You're like, what if I don't get shutters? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I never thought about that till it happened, and I was like, oh. Oh, I get it. Yeah, I think about it. Yeah. I know Derek thinks about it. So he's like, Derek, look at Derek them, thinks like, about everything. Really? <laughs> no. So speaking of that, do you guys, are you, what, what level of preparation are you doing when you play together? Or are you, is there? You mean like this you, weekend? No, just in general, when you and Derek play a gig together, are you Absolutely talking? zero. Literally nothing. Nothing. <laughs> you just show up with what you got. Let's go. You want right. to start first? No, you, st- oh, okay. You want to play one or two? Oh, let's just do one-on-one. It's fine. So it's just really like on the fly, like in the booth in that moment. Like, let's just go. It's really a matter of how how many tracks we're going to play. And it always ends up being one for one. And sometimes, you know, if we decide we want to play a little longer. But that actually never happens. Yeah. Maybe one time. Okay. So we so, so. moving on to Sunday. Are you free Sunday during the day? Or are you taking off? You taking off Sunday day? I'm taking off. <laughs> um, yeah, because Sunday night is you know. So Sunday night is no uh, way back, mm-hmm. which has been. Why do I keep forgetting this? How long have we been doing no way back in Detroit? This will be mm-hmm. like on festival weekends. This is well, for my first year personally, you know, because it's been going on forever. But my first no way back during the festival was 2008. The one in Bethany's loft. Yeah, that was 2008. Mm-hmm. Wow. We're all getting old No, here. actually, was it 2009? No, it was 2008. Yeah, yeah, because I moved to New York, and then I remember asking to take this long vacation, and my my manager knew it was super important to go play records and travel and be this do this DJ thing. Um, 
and he let me off for three weeks and it was amazing wow uh-huh. so and speaking of that i mean you've kind of made the transition how long has it been now since you made the transition from having a day job first you had a day job and you were djing once in a while and then you had a day job and you were djing almost every weekend it's been six months and now it's been six months of yeah. i, I kind of hit a crossroads in my work in my you know day-to-day um i just was the right timing i think and it I think it was the perfect timing, actually. Yeah, the it just timing. was time to time to to be a little scared and challenge myself a little bit and say, let's go chase this because it's not going anywhere. I'm not gonna give up on this. Like, I'm let's go full on. Yeah, I know that Lisa, your European agent, mm-hmm. and I do your agent. I'm your booking agent in the U.S. We were both a little like we thought it was gonna work, but a little skeptical. Like, right. he really quit his job, but then it seemed like you really did pick just the right time because as soon as you quit your job, the schedule kind of got to a point where there's no way you would have been able to maintain. Right, for sure, there's no way. Um, but like I said, even if it wasn't the right time, like it, for me, it was, you know, as far as in regards to leaving, um, it just was what needed to happen. And I couldn't be happier, so. yeah. And so, since that happened, this is also your what we're listening to right now is your first release, your first remix. A little, it's a reshape. A reshape on uh, Honey Sound System Records. It's a reshape of Mm -hmm. Justin Cudmore, who moving to give the big ups to Monday. Moving on, we are. He's playing his first gig in Detroit. I think this Monday at the Bunker Party that you're also playing at. First big gig for him. So how did how did this how did this record come about? It even caught me by surprise. Kind of, you know, he 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 kind of sent me this track just out of the blue, and I I kind of freaked out. I was like, wow, this is crazy. Um, and immediately I knew I wanted to like you know play it. I was like, I have to play that. Like so, you know, we asked Leisure Muffin. You know, fellow bunker fam. The bunker in house mastering. Mm-hmm. Dude, I need my podcast master. I told him, I'm like, really quick. I'm like, listen, <laughs> could you master this real quick? Just do a quick master. Like, I, I want to play it out and it needs a little bump. So I tested it out for a little bit and it's it seemed to be doing well. Um, it was getting people moving. And um, I mean, the whole like reshape thing kind of came up just like. Oh, I want to reduce things and strip it down and just, I want to, I want to, let's, maybe we can make a DJ tool from this. So it kind of started from there. Um, I, I'm not a production type of person at all, but it was more so just the whole, like, arrangement that I was more interested in. And so we pieced it together and uh, very quickly, actually, and it just kind of became this other thing. Um, it kind of became its own little quirky track. So. so you worked on that in the studio with Justin himself? Yes. Great. Um, he definitely, you know, he is like fearless and kind of just goes in there and kind of makes these sounds and uh, he kind of just knew how to help me out and how to place things where they needed to be. Right. So it's a learning process and I think, I think in the future, like, I mean, hopefully more things come from me, but it's not priority at yeah. all. DJing is like, you know like eat sleep and breathe it so well yeah i mean when i think back even a few years ago everybody you know the the common saying in the business was you'll never you you have to produce you have to produce 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 otherwise you'll never make it as a dj which i hate it but then in the last few years we've seen you know you you this is your first production it just came out but you've 
I mean, I feel like you've made it as a DJ at this point. Yeah. You're, you're doing I think, it as your I think that's all job. changing. Yeah. I mean, just not even me, but just across the board, um, even with people with very little production credit, um, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are um, getting their dues or paying their dues and getting some attention just based on their DJ skills, not not based on you know, your affiliations or what record label you're on or whatever. Um, yeah, because you know sometimes that comes secondary to people, and you know they get these DJ gigs like that, and that's fine, but. You know, it's nice to see the, you know, the the DJs that that's all they have. Like, it, it's nice to see people get that um, recognition. Yeah, I think what, what we were so. talking about at dinner too is, from my perspective, why I wear a lot of hats. But as a promoter, it used to be kind of difficult to know who was going to play a good DJ set and who yeah. wasn't, because there weren't as many sets online. There wasn't SoundCloud. Right. There were only a few podcasts. A lot of the podcasts were done in the studio in a way where you weren't sure if someone was a good DJ. Whereas now, we're not. People aren't really getting DJ bookings quite as much based on producing a good track right. because everybody's realizing that you want the guy who can come in and play a great set at your party sure. it doesn't matter if they have a track out or not like you want the skill set to be there you know not just the production thing and I don't know why it took so long to get to that point but you know it's nice for me especially because you know the majority of it is just based on like the DJs the DJ talent and the music selection I mean that's just that's just how it is or for me right it's what i that's all i have to go on <laughs> <laughs> well i did Excuse have a me. bunch more questions for you but we have to get sapphire in here yeah. for his dj set as well and i should mention the track we're listening to in the background right now is ulysses from his feelings ep which i learned went to press today so we should have this thing out sometime in the middle of june it'll be the next release on the bunker new york uh, I think we covered all your gigs for the weekend. Did we? You didn't get the last one. Yeah, I mentioned it with Justin Cudmore. Wait, oh, is there another uh, one? Yeah, is there it. one I don't know about? No, Are you doing I like I don't do that the to Tuesday, you. You know that. <laughs> the Tuesday after after the Mike after, Servito, after. Mike Servito thirty six hour set on. I Tuesday. mean, seven is my lucky number, but yeah, you know. What can you do? All right. Well, we can try for seven next year. <laughs> no, yeah, I think I think maybe I'll scale back. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Okay, well, thank you for joining us in the studio today. And thank now you. we're going to Safari. turn things over to our good friend, Bunker regular, uh, Jeffrey Sapphire, who's going to be in the mix for the next 40, 45 minutes or so. And then we're going to talk to him as well. You're listening to The Bunker New York on RBMA Radio, live from Detroit. RBMA Radio. Make me 
better known as a lady's choice. I can mix, I can rhyme, I can do it all the time. This is one MC that'll blow your mind. So listen up, don't break your concentration, cause I'm here to rock the nation. There's something you should know I'm gonna rock a nation from left to right I'm gonna party hard all through the night And when I'm done, don't be alone It's just my class and my wonderful charm The ladies love me and that's a fact Every time I go out, I get attacked But I have to admit, without a doubt I love it when you party, people scream and shout So all together now, one, two, three All the party people repeat to me Say rock the nation Just rock the nation Like never before That is still one fact I can't ignore And that's all the people That are screaming for more So one more time I'm gonna blow your mind I'm gonna put the hip hop in your behind I'm gonna do it to you Like it's never been done All I really want Is to have some fun So here it is Without further ado A break that's made Just for you listening to the bunker new york on rbma radio we are live from detroit this week in the brand new uh rbma headquarters in detroit which is really nice and staying here as i understand it we have been in the mix for the last 40 minutes with jeffrey sapphire Hello. thank you jeffrey that was you're welcome incredible as <laughs> always uh blowing our minds with your record collection um so we're here in detroit where you live now yeah um you used to live here and now you're yeah Yeah. now you're back but you had a break how long was the break between living in detroit and not living in detroit because you did 15 years chicago new york 
Berlin. Berlin. So you've kind of hit all the important dance music cities, and now yeah. you're back here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're happy to be back? I am. It's a great time to be in Detroit. The, the energy is really great, and uh, tons of new people moving here. Yeah, I read about it in the New York Times and a bunch of other places. It's uh, there's a lot there's a lot being made about the gentrification of Detroit, um, which I guess I wasn't really buying into the last couple years. But I feel like even just being here a couple days this year, it's starting to feel like, wow, there's a bunch of nice restaurants downtown and yeah. things are happening and people are here. I mean, how is it for you actually being on the ground here as someone who grew up here? Does it feel strange? A little bit, but, you know, after living in a bunch of other cities that have a lot of stuff, moving back here and then getting all these great new restaurants or new people coming with kind of big city ideas, it's nice. Yeah. A lot of the comforts that I enjoyed in other places are here now. Right. And you own a house here now? I do. And a boat? I do. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I heard there was uh, a cruise yesterday. Yeah. You and the Heartthrob and Servito went cruising. Yep. I, um, I bought a house on an island. There are actually islands in Detroit that you can live on. Do you have your own island? No. There's about 15 houses on my island. Still pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. That's yeah. not really that many uh, annoying neighbors to deal with. Um, so we're all here for movement this weekend. What, uh, what's your involvement this weekend? Where are you playing? Let's shout out your gig. Um, I am doing a party called Club Toilet. This is our second year doing Club Toilet. Um, last year was incredible. We had the Black Madonna and Doc Sleep playing and they destroyed it. Um, yeah, that is Saturday at, uh, Olympus, which is next to, um, Menjo's. Oh, so it's not... Is it part of the Menjo's complex? Yes. So it's where it was last year? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Same place as last year, if you remember, in Highland Park. It's like a little north of downtown. And this this seems to be kind of a gathering of the gay techno underground. It is. It's uh, including, like, the people producing the event. Who's who's all involved in the production of this particular party? Uh, So it's Macho City. Uh, which is like me and Mike Trombley and Scott Zacharias. And then um, there is Honcho from Pittsburgh. There is Wrecked from New York. There is Spotlight from LA. Um, Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so how do you feel? um, I feel like there's a huge change in the past, I don't know, three or four years in the way that gay dance music is kind of celebrated and recognized in the U.S., Well, it's more like gay parties are booking really good DJs and getting hip to good music, you know? Right. They were always, I mean, gay people never stopped partying. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They just, but what, like, why did this, what changed? Um, I think it was all these, like, people like me who were, like, post-rave, you know, in our early 30s, ready to throw our own parties and we all grew up, I mean, like me, Aaron Clark, Ryan, we all grew up, you know, in the rave days or like went to a lot of that stuff. And um, like, especially Aaron Clark, you know, he was a total Midwest raver and yeah. just knew how to throw a good party. And then uh, the gays started coming, you know? Yeah, I mean, I saw what happened with Wrecked in New York. Like I've seen their whole trajectory from the first parties and it's really, 
it's pretty remarkable that it was really the truly underground tiny little thing in a basement for a hundred people yeah. just a couple years ago so <laughs> and now these guys are throwing parties with pretty much no special guests or I think at the last one they just brought Aaron in from Honcho and they're getting like almost a thousand people at their parties yeah it's, it's it's a like, good party. Yeah, no, it's a great party, but yeah. it's it's. I think it's a pretty remarkable explosion. Um, it's really cool. It's cool that you're doing this party that celebrates that. Uh, we have our pride party coming up that you're playing at in New York. Yeah, I'm in very June. excited we should about shout that. that out June 25th with you and Rekt and Matrix Man. Yeah. In output, and then I'm playing in Panther Room with Carlos, Minx, and Octo Octa. Uh, so. Very yeah, cool. That's that's our like our biggest collaborative gay party of the year. Um, so maybe we should talk about some festival memories. Have you been to most of them? To movement? Yeah. No, I mean uh, I skipped a bunch. I guess when I was living in New York and Berlin. Right. Um, certainly when I lived in Berlin. Um, yeah, I was just in Berlin last weekend and. I guess I'm used to being in the U.S. where you, it's like, I'll see you at Movement next week. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. everybody in Berlin was like, oh, that's happening? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, when I lived in Germany, it was, you know, only a couple times a year could you come home, and it was usually for holidays or something. Right. Um, but now I can just go down the street. Yeah. <laughs> now you're here. Yeah. Um, so recently you started, like, we were talking to Mike earlier about how he just started, you know, he just got his first release out. This is kind of a really new thing for you as well. Um, when did the first record come out? The uh, Well, the first Spire record came out uh, a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was... I mean, we, we made the song years ago, and, uh, you know, I'd given it to a few labels, and nothing really happened, and then... Uh, the Cocktail de Morgue guys started listening to it more and they were like, we need to put this out. And so can we mention which labels passed on this? Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> I didn't think so, but we'll talk about it after the show. I'm very curious totally. because that, I mean, the main track on that record is such a huge jam. I can't, it's hard to believe that anybody turned that down. Yeah. Well, they did. Yeah. So how, like, how did this relationship start? You work with Sophie on these records but the project is called Fire. Yeah, um, so I met Sam, who is Sophie. Uh, we met in Berlin um, through mutual friend John Roberts. Oh yeah, he's um, a mutual friend of mine too. And so I saw Sam's band play and was like, oh, you need to do some dance remixes of these songs. And then Sam heard me DJ and was like, we should work together because I really like you DJing. And, um, and then so, I just went over to his house uh, and we started making stuff and it just, you know, organically happened and we were working in his really, just in his apartment with like the most busted studio setup. I think we had like one monitor and like half of a keyboard and... <laughs> wow. I mean, it sounds pretty huge. Are, did you see, And you recorded the vocals to that record there too? Yeah, we recorded the vocals in his bathroom and if you listen really closely, you can hear the toilet running in one part. <laughs> oh, wow. Or th it's you singing on the record, right? Uh, me singing on one side and Sam singing on the other. Yeah. Wow. And so the first record came out on Cocktail D'Amour, and then the second one, you had a second one come out, correct? Yeah. That came out on Jimmy Egger's label. Okay. Ultra Magic. Yeah. Um, and that was a song, uh, the, both of those songs were songs we made kind of after the fact, after the first record, um, 
couple years after that one. So they're a different vibe. And at that point, Sam had started on the Sophie stuff. And so you can kind of hear that influence in one of the tracks on there. It's a lot more poppy. And we actually had, um, we had a vocal for that one. We had this singer come in and uh, she sang on it, but we didn't really like that. So we re- released the, um, just the instrumental. Okay. Uh, do you have more stuff in the works? I do. I am working uh, with Ian Clark, who is from Detroit, um, from Lacar and Perspex fame. Oh, um, oh wow. Yeah, he and I are working on um, like an all gear uh, live set that we are going to debut at the Han- the the Hancho the Hancho Campout. Okay, when is that? Uh, that's in August. And where is that? I remember hearing about this is the this one is strictly the one that's strictly men only, right? Yes. It is at uh, a campground in West Virginia. It is um, three days of music. And yeah, last year was the first one and it was amazing. Right, yeah, I heard only good things about that. There's a couple great campouts happening. There's the one that Carlos does yeah. in San Francisco as well mm-hmm. that he was just telling me about over some cheese a couple weekends ago. It sounded <laughs> truly incredible. Again, like the rise of the gay underground in the U.S. is pretty remarkable right now. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, maybe a boring subject for some people, but can we talk about uh, your transition? Or not, you haven't, obviously you haven't completely transitioned from vinyl. Your set was mostly vinyl here today, but you've recently, same as Servito, you've started playing some from digitally. Like how, I guess we talked a little bit about the way that you transitioned to this. I think it's pretty interesting, like how how you've gotten your records onto USBs and how, like why you did this. Well, I mean, most, you know, when I used to play a lot of really expensive Italo records, I'd pack a bag of records and be like, holy crap there's thousands of dollars worth of records in here and i'm taking them to like some smoky club where like someone could spill a drink on it you know didn't didn't i seem to remember there was a story about a bag of records that disappeared on the way to miami or in miami or miami yeah i was gonna play tommy sunshine's big party and it was i was gonna headline it was gonna be so cool um you know i don't know i was in my early 20s i was so excited and had my records in a car and someone smashed the window and took just my records. <laughs> before my gig. Like a day before my gig. It was so sad. So thousands of dollars of... It wasn't... It wasn't that bad at that point. The records I was playing then were still like... You know, it was annoying because it was a collection. But uh, I, yeah. didn't have, I didn't have big ticket records with me then, thank God. Where are you... So now we're kind of getting off the subject, but where yeah. where are you picking up the big ticket records? I'm just curious, because you seem to have... The internet. You're <laughs> I mean, you're not going to find a $100 Italo record in a record store. Well, it's, you, it's on the internet. Not now. Not now. No. I mean, uh, I've vinyl record shopping has gotten kind of unfortunately boring over the years in real life because there are no... There's no fines anymore. 
Yeah, it's hard. I mean, when everyone everyone knows what everything check, is worth, or yeah. they can check it real fast and be like, "Oop, this is a hundred dollar record. We need to put this on eBay." You know? Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of stores now where they don't price things, and you bring them up to the counter, and they look it up on Discogs. So, no, it's no, it's a common thing now. It's I know, no, no, like, I know the record loft. <laughs> yeah, what's what's the point of this? Like, why? It's like, like still you know, the fun, still market the, rate, the fun of digging for records, but then yeah, you're just yeah. Hmm. So anyways, I guess what I wanted to talk about before is how, how you prepare your tracks for USB, because that, that was a pretty interesting process. When you, when, you, when you convert your vinyl records to digital files, what are you doing? Uh, I mean, I'm just recording them, and then um, I'm very lucky to have a friend, former roommate, who uh, is mastering them for me. In exchange for the files. Yeah. It's a pretty good deal. It's a great deal. Um, and I trust his ear, so when I'm out there and I'm like, does this sound like crap or is it good? You know, I know that, uh, you know, because it's tough when you record stuff and you're like, don't really know how it sounds. Okay. Well, we just have a few minutes left now, and I believe we're, for the final track, we're going to hear one of the Sapphire productions we were talking about earlier. What's, what's the track we're going to hear? Um, this is the second one we made. Okay. Sapphire 2. Uh, this is the one I'm singing on. Okay. Um, is this the one where you can hear the toilet? That's the first one. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> the first one has never come out. The first one was the remix of the Motherland song that got Sam and I working together. Okay. Um, yeah. Right, because the first record, it's like Sapphire 4 and Sapphire 5 or something. Yeah, no, this is Sapphire 2 and Sapphire 3, the first record. Okay, 2 and 3. So okay, I see. probably should have named them, but... Yeah. <laughs> Who knew it was going to be such a big hit? Yeah. All right. So we have to end the show here. And so let's listen to this track. And thanks for joining us, Jeffrey. And check him out tomorrow in Detroit at Club Toilet. And on June 25th in New York at Output for the Bunker and Wrecked Gay Pride Party.
Yeah, it seems so 